takes courage and determination to look at the inner self. Many of us would opt not to look or talk about ourselves. We prefer to look at what at others with a judgment mindset. Personally, I appreciate this effort by our son who deliberately delved into the mystery of a wasted period of his life. One of the greatest pain of parents is to watch their child sink into alcoholism despite their wish to stop it. That is the forward to one of the best books I've read in a very long time. What I never told you. Memoirs of a Recovering Addict by Michael McDonald with Titus Dirito Kihara. Normally, I wouldn't review books here, but I find this book important. Maybe I believe that everybody or anybody out there should read this book, especially the youth, somebody struggling with alcoholism and drug addiction. For those suffering from alcoholism and sex addiction, for their families and their friends, it's a very short book. What I never told you: the memoirs of a recovering addict, the older Titus Nirito Kihara was both a sex and alcoholic addict. He wrote this book as a message to people out there not to go down the same path he did. The book is just a mere 96 pages read it in uh, one sitting one hour it's published by Pauline's Publications Africa Daughters of St. Paul P.O. Box 49026 Nairobi, Kenya you can email them at Publications at polinesafrica.org. They also have a website at www.polinesafrica.org. Uh, I'll start from the very beginning. I won't read every page of the book. The most important parts. Uh, We'll start from the very beginning where the author paints a picture. This is the co-author Michael MacDonald. 
he starts by painting the picture of how this book came to be and uh, he starts by explaining explaining that in order to write it, this book he had to get into Michael's into Titus Diretus show so he had to go through the same life and uh, I think the book is missing two pages so I'll start from page uh, page 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 10 yeah so the caller asked Diretus to take him to the den and uh, to experience the life that he did so that he can be able to picture it and put it into words you can see him after visiting the brother titus is explaining to him if i had a thousand shillings for the day 40 was for food and the rest was for alcohol when the money ran out i'd feel so stupid Where had I wasted 40 on food? And then they went to the brother. Where they called the met women who greeted them and tried to grab them and ask them, "Want a cookie?" The Rito told him that I dated a girl from here. She hated her job. Sometimes she had to sleep with around 40 men a day don't be fooled the thought of endless sex or alcohol might entice you but for those who have fallen into these traps they would do anything to get out most people go to god because they want to go to heaven derito said but not addicts we go to god because we've been to hell As I boarded a matatu to go back home, this is now the other Michael McDonald. I couldn't stop thinking about those words. I asked Dirito to give me the eyes of an addict. In return, he had shown me the visions of hell. Then we start from the beginning and uh, starts where Titus Dirito start by asking for help help it took me years to say this small simple word years of empty bottles and meaningless sex years of looking at the mirror and seeing nothing or breathing under water and drowning in shame or being excited one moment and depressed the next years of telling my family that was the last time of telling myself just one more of telling the bot it's your fault for 10 years i was running and hiding from the only word which could save my life help and from the only person who could decide to do it to me me but saying help was not enough i had to mean it I had to begin recovering from alcoholism and sex addiction 
it was it wasn't possible to stop drinking without being sober and it wasn't possible to respect women if I'd made them sleep with me first things had to change I had to change I had to stop drinking away my stress drinking after all after five rehabs five recoveries and five relapses was finally ready asked for help and I meant it every second without sex and alcohol was a burden when i saw a woman i'd start shaking when i didn't drink i'd hallucinate but i kept abstaining and telling myself you haven't drunk in one hour keep it up you haven't had sex in two days well done in 2005 my doctor told me derito you have the most hopeless case i've seen he was right i was hopeless but on 17th january 2008 i started a new journey a life without alcohol or compulsive sex now when i look in the mirror i see someone now when i'm drowning in shame i swim to the surface now when i visit my family they say welcome back today i don't only want to say this word i want to give it without people's help i would still be passed out in a ditch on the side of the road or still running and hiding from the police this book is my attempt in this pages i reveal my darkest secrets things i wanted to carry with me to the grave hoping that with these secrets broken other addicts will feel less shame in talking about their own addictions and find the courage to seek help I also hope that this book will help the families, friends and victims of addicts to better the nature of addiction of addiction. Ultimately, my dream is that this book will tell others what I always long to hear. You might be the world's most hopeless case, but there's there's a way out. Uh this book is written in a daily form and the diary starts from the 4th of January 2008 this is what he wrote it may not be accurate as he wrote because as you know our memory is limited to some extent to bias and also to to forgetting 4th January 2008 recovery diary as i write this i'm sitting in my room in the rehab my counselor suggested i keep a recovery diary he said that people who talk and write their 
problems are more ma- are much more likely to recover than those who don't confronting your shameful desires and painful memories eventually lessens their power over you he told me it will help you find meaning in all of this so this is my new year's resolution to write my thoughts down as i continue recovering as he continues to explain in the book he takes us he takes us back to how it all started we'll jump to the 6th of january 2008 the title is it started off innocently flashbacks are clues to uncovering the map of your addiction my counselor said take them seriously write them down think about them pray about pray about them try to listen to what they want to tell you flashback one herself 1987 She was the new house help. She brought me into a room and closed the door. I was 7 years old. My parents weren't at home. She placed me on the bed and took off my pants. I thought to ask her why. I hadn't wet myself. She looked at me with an easy smile then took off her blouse. Be a good boy, she said. placing my hands on her nipples my stomach turned upside down i couldn't hear the children playing outside chasing goats a few minutes ago i'd been playing with them in the sun i began to tremble noiselessly shyly my bottom lip curled up and i started to cry Don't worry, she said, I'll help you. She took my hand and guided it along her chest like this, she said. Her eyes were dark and empty and there was nothingness in her smile. Don't worry, she said. She kept repeating. I felt ashamed, but I kept listening. Maybe it's worse to obey, to disobey. I thought Maybe it isn't wrong and she has a good reason for it. On the outside I was quiet but in, inside every bit of my body was screaming and kicking. I tried to send her signals that I was uncomfortable but the more I did the more she made me touch her. When she touched my penis the room started to spin. I closed my eyes and told myself it was a bad dream. And at the same time I felt a strange pleasure rush into my body. A knock came at the door. Wait there. I need you. 
It was my aunt. We there stumbled up the mattress and collected ourselves. Titus was misbehaving, she said. I'm kidding you. Her voice was firm, no heat of panic. She turned me over and hit me repeatedly on the buttock, saying, Don't you ever do that again. Then she straightened herself up, put my pants back up. So from the story, you can see that the other first got abused by the person was trusted to look after him the household and he continues to explain the abuse continued for months she always abused me behind a mask of kindness always encouraging encouraging me to touch her first as if it were my idea though it was terrifying it made me feel special though it was painful it made me feel pleasure I became infatuated with her and the attention she gave me. Sometimes she would tell me to pretend to be sick so that we could spend the day together. That just that one moment where he had those moments, not that one moment, those moments that he had encountered with the household he continues to explain an uncontrollable appetite for sex spread through my life anytime i saw an attractive girl i wanted to have sex with her if i couldn't i would stay awake at night and masturbate if i could i would do as Vera did to me I'd expose myself to the girl and ignore her embarrassment then i'd show her what I'd learned saying, be a good girl, and then, don't worry, I'll help you. We can see the other trying to recover by going back to his wounds. That is how he started his first encounter with sex. We go to flashback to my wounds, 2005. I was a grown man in the town drunk had been in Nanyuki for several months was trying to get money from a woman and had been talking to her for some time kids were running all around us a radio was blasting loud trucks rambling by all kinds of noise everywhere do you hear that she asked suddenly swinging her eyes around and hurrying away from our conversation. Yeah, what? I asked, training, trailing behind her. She quickened her pace and I stumbled after her. I needed that money. She got ahead of me, but I found her a few minutes. After a few minutes, she was sitting down on the ground, holding a child in her arms. His head was bleeding and her lips were pressed to his wound. It's okay. It's okay. <clears throat> I love you. I stood there in a way. Out of all the children's voices, 
out of all the noises in the street, how did she hear the cry of her child? Over the years of addiction, my cry had blended into the noise of the streets. The town was the whole town was used to it. It was insignificant as a dog swines or a rat's squeak. Even my mother could no longer trust in my cry. Even I could no longer trust I could no longer trust in her love. Tenth January two thousand and eight. Withdraws. I'm not sure where I'm. I only recall waking up with my hands tied. A bald doctor came and untied me. I'm lying in bed, but I'm standing next to it. I kept closing my eyes and opening them and pitching myself trying to wake up but I'm not dreaming I'm not dreaming am I hallucinating am I insane is the other trying to explain how after six days of staying without alcohol he has started to have withdrawals and is hallucinating from the lack of the 13 January 2008 I must be honest first of all I'm on, I'm skipping a lot you need to read this book on your own so that you can get the best out of it 13 January 2008 life or alcohol when I opened my eyes the doctor was staring at me do you know why you are here he asked I was too disoriented to respond you should be dead right now he said you had an alcohol induced psychosis you ran around town chasing rats that no one else saw you saw spiders crawling up your legs and took off all your clothes you lay down in the middle of the road to avoid invisible swarms of bees He stole the biggest dogs anyone had ever seen and went galvanizing through town robbing bars and hotels. Actually, I remember uh, I remembered very little from from the past few days only leaving the rehab after having the flashbacks which instead of feeling the pain they sharpened it. Doc continued. The police brought you here and we gave you a stopper to put you to sleep for a few days. He put his hand on my shoulder. Are you getting me, Titus? Our drug saved your life. He squeezed my shoulder waiting for some word of gratitude. I gave him none. I didn't feel so good to be alive not under these circumstances doc doc took his hand off my shoulder and ran it over his bald head in a grave tool 
he said if you want to leave never drink again i can't stop thinking about what he said what do i want more life or alcohol do i even have a choice in the matter i'm stronger than my addiction is life a possibility and if it is is it desirable what is better a miserable life or no life at all would i choose pain or nothingness crisis crisis or boredom what do i want what do i want what do i want would i rather belong to the chaos of a great addiction or belong to the loneliness of a peaceful life now we have got this point on the book where the author has been given a choice to choose either life or alcohol reason is that in day of recovery from the journal I'm reading and at the end of the 14th of January 2028 he writes what do i want an end an end to the endlessness what does that mean either i end my addiction or i end my life Oh That is the end of that chapter of the book I didn't think this book will take so long and I'll have to stop there for today we'll continue there next time the part 2 We've already read how he started off innocently. Now for the next part we'll continue how that one innocent incident led to the other having and being addicted to sex, being a pervert, a night walker, and then eventually also getting addicted to alcohol so next time i read the rest of the book for the part 2 that's all for today thank you and stay sober also don't forget to listen to this podcast on all platforms spotify radio public google podcast and any other platform out there see you next time i've been your host ian that much guy